Welcome to the Bike Life Podcast by Warm Showers Foundation, where we will be sharing knowledge, experience, tools, and stories of touring cyclists and hosts from around the world. I'm Tavar Lee, the woman behind the scenes at Warm Showers Foundation, the leading platform for cyclists looking for hosts and to connect with a passionate international community. Find out more by visiting us at warmshowers.org. This Bike Life podcast is brought to you by bikeflights.com, your source for the best bicycle shipping service and bike shipping boxes. Whether you're shipping for a trip or after a sale, whatever your shipping needs, Bike Flights makes it easy. Take advantage of Bike Flights convenient residential pickups and they'll come and get your shipment directly from your home or wherever you're staying. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers for more information. Now on to the show. Welcome back to Bike Life. And this is going to be a really special show for you. And I'm really excited for you to meet our guests today. And you'll notice that I said guests with an S at the end, because we actually have three Warm Showers users with us in this show. And it's amazing. We have Matt here from Midland, Michigan. We have Nathan here from Baton Rouge. And we have Gus here from Salt Lake City. And they're going to share this amazing interconnected experience they had around Matt's first visitors coming in and how Nathan and Gus had the opportunity to meet at Matt's place. And they were his first guests. And it's going to be a really amazing opportunity for you to learn how the weaving of our community takes place. And so Matt, Nathan and Gus, thank you for being here. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for having us. I'm excited. I'm excited. There's so many of us on the screen and there's so many of us uh, on different mics. And so we're going to start because I think that, Matt, you're sort of at this, you're sort of the central part of this. You're sitting at the center of creating these connections when you opened your home to become a host uh, right before the pandemic began. So why don't you start and tell us a little bit about what sparked your interest to step into the role of a host? Well, I, first of all, I have to say, you keep saying Matt, and the truth is it's Matt and Kathy, my wife, uh, who's down in Florida right now with our daughter on a college visit, which is why she couldn't join us on this, on this call. Uh, but it really was a joint decision between the two of us. Um, we've always been uh, riders, cyclists, um, me a little more than she is. We've been sea kayakers, we've hiked, we've crossed parts of Alaska together, a lot of small sections of the Appalachian Trail. We, we, as a family, love being out. But to be honest, I didn't know about warm showers and hosting for warm showers and just, until just about two and a half, three years ago. And mm-hmm. as soon as we learned about it, we came together as our family, our, my son and my daughter and, and Kathy and myself, and we said, this would be great. We could have people stopping by. We're very blessed because we live on a route. It's a U.S. Uh, 20 bicycle route that comes through uh, Michigan and comes right through on the Pierre Marquette Rail Trail, which is just a few miles away from our home. And I, I think Gus might, have, might know the maps better than I, because I think she was following Northern Tier, and Northern Tier comes right through Midland, doesn't it, Gus? Yes. Okay. So oh, we thought, this is perfect. We've got a home that we can host and have, bring cyclists in. We love interacting with cyclists. Um, let's try it. And then the pandemic hit. And mm. we immediately went from let's do this to let's not, let's, let's be safe. <laughs> let's, uh, 
let's take a moment. But as soon as we felt comfortable again, that cyclists were taking the right precautions, that we could honestly open up our home again and invite people in, uh, we opened up our doors in just in May of 2021. Um, and we were hoping to get swamped that summer. Uh, but it wasn't until August, I think August 7th, that we actually had our very first cyclists come through reaching out to us as uh, could we spend the night at your place? And that was Nathan. That was Nathan. <laughs> that was Nathan. Okay, so let's switch to Nathan. Nathan, tell us a little bit about where you were at on your tour at the time. Yes. As Matt said, I was kind of in central Michigan. I wasn't strictly following the ACA Northern Tier route, but I did want to experience some of the northern states in the U.S., seeing as I had never visited this part of the country before. Um, so I came into Michigan in the Upper Peninsula and knew that I was eventually going to get to Pittsburgh. And between point A and B, it was totally up in the air. And all I wanted to do was talk with local people saying, where should I go? What should I see? Are there any bike trails that you know about? And everybody kept talking about the Paramarquette Trail that would basically take you west to east or east to west across central Michigan if I could only get to Reed City, Michigan. So, you know, there were of biking the Upper Peninsula, coming down the bike across the bridge and made my way to Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore, and then just kind of scuttled the uh, eastern side of Lake Michigan until I got to Reed City, and then just took the Pear Marquette Trail, I think like 70 straight miles of just unadulterated bike path, no cars, just no headaches at all. And I got to see a lot of other cyclists, which for me was a rarity because I wasn't following any route. Uh, that was published. And so I saw that there was a warm showers host in Midland uh, kind of days before I ended up biking the Pear Marquette Trail. And I reached out to Matt and Kathy days in advance saying, hey, I think I'm going to bike through. I'm eventually going to make my way to Ann Arbor and then, you know, Toledo, eventually Pittsburgh. Would it be possible to spend a night August 7th, I guess the day ended up being. And they were so warm and welcoming because as Matt said, they thought they were going to get swamped that summer. And here I was the first cyclist at the end of the summer, more or less, to kind of reach out. So I reached out to a cyclist. And then later that night, we came to find out that Gus was also kind of biking in from the same region, more or less. And so um, we overlapped as a as a trio that night in Midland. I love it. And you will forever go down in Matt and Kathy's history book of guests from here forward, right, as, as their first one. That's really special. And okay, so we'll come back and ask you some more questions about your tour. But in the scene now comes Gus. So Gus, let's hear where you were at on your tour when you reached out to Matt. Yeah, um, so I reached out to Matt. I actually reached out to two hosts for that night because um, I was planning on biking through Canada. And to get into Canada, you had to get a COVID test. And I wasn't sure how long the COVID test was going to take. So I had contacted somebody who was going to be before Matt. And then I had also contacted Matt and I was really frustrated after I took my COVID test. They like just were not very professional. Um, but then I was like on my bike and I was like, I'm going to make it to Matt. And then uh, it was like the best thing that could have possibly happened. They were so lovely and so welcoming and recommended like the best ice cream I had on my entire trip. <laughs> um, yeah. And I had started, I started in Washington. I also like uh, Nathan, I went through the UP and then dipped kind of down through central Michigan and then across Canada. And then I ended up in Maine. 
So let's talk, Gus, to you for a moment about your, that tour as a whole. So sure. give us this, yeah. the, the timeline, like where you started and, and, you know, how that all unfolded for you. So we understand a little bit more about that tour. Yeah, of course. Um, I started my bike ride in Washington, in Anacortes, Washington. Um, and then I stayed pretty far north as well. I, I followed the northern tier for most of my route. And then um, I knew that I wanted to go through the Upper Peninsula. So I, I was on the ACA um, maps. So I went on to their Upper Peninsula route and then through Canada, because I thought it would be fun to go to Canada. And I was very lucky with my timing um, in that I got into Canada the day after the borders opened. Because um, mm-hmm. I was like hoping the whole, the whole ride that it was going to work out that I wouldn't have to stay in the States the whole time. Mm. Um, and then I got to Maine and it was, yeah, it was really, really wonderful. Um, how long were you on tour? How uh, long? It was like two and a half months. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So let's go back to Nathan and let's hear about Nathan's tour as a whole. Like give us this, the scope and, and where you started, where you ended up. Sure. Yeah. The synopsis was that I, a west to east cross country tour. Um, I was ambivalent about crossing Canada. I knew that COVID was kind of iffy at the time, um, but I was just building my route days ahead of actually doing it. I started in Waldport, Oregon, on the coast there, um, mostly as a matter of convenience because I had a friend uh, living in Corvallis, Oregon, uh, as a student at eight, and I knew that if I could there, I could spend a night there, and that was one less night I had to figure out. For so day one was the ocean to Corvallis and I ended up on the Jersey shore. Um, and I, and I wanted to end in Jersey because I had just finished my, my master's to central New Jersey. So I had left my car there for the summer. I had a classmate kind of driving it around, buying groceries and keeping the, the engine going. Um, and so I wanted to finish kind of close to where my apartment was. And I just built a route, uh, across the Northern part of the United States days in advance with a few anchor points in between, but mostly building it out, knowing where I could stay with warm shower hosts, but I still was totally self-supported with a tent and sleeping bag and sleeping pad and slept in parks, slept uh, in woods where I might not should have, uh, and just had a, a great experience. It was something I was really looking forward to for several years. Amazing. Well, thank you both for sharing your journeys with us. That is always so exciting to hear. And that you were both on the Northern Tier uh, is really, really fascinating. Okay, so I'm going to take it back to Matt. So Matt, I want to hear what was it like when you first got the message from Nathan? This was your first guest. How did you and Kathy prepare? Well, I'd, I had stayed as a cyclist with another Warm Showers host uh, just earlier in that year. Uh, it was my first experience there, so I'm always like taking notes about how to greet people, what their expectations mm. should be, what to be prepped for. Um, but also, um, though I've never taken on such the long ride that these two incredible people have, uh, I, I do 10 to 12 day tours, uh, fully supported on with my tents and stuff on my bikes. And I just I, I do have a sense of what you uh, you want to have at the end of the day. Some days you want to have a lot of interactivity and communication and stuff. And some days, especially at the end of a long day, you just want to put up the tent or get to the room or whatever and just just chill out. And so Kathy and my attitude toward our first chance on hosting was going to be let the cyclists take the lead. And if they wanted to interact, we'd interact. 
if they wanted just to, to shut down and stare, stare off into the middle ground for a while, that's fine too. Uh, Nathan showed up and his, his main concern, because he'd been traveling through some weather, a couple days of weather, was he was just really concerned about his bike um, being ready. Because, you know, well, we have a bike shop near us, but I've got a rack. Let's get the rack out. Let's get, you know, the tools out. And he just like jumped into that. Um, when Gus showed up, the first thing she had said is, do you have laundry? Absolutely. You have laundry. Come mm-hmm. on, let's do your laundry and stuff like that. So we just let, we took our lead as hosts from whatever they either asked for or apparently needed. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think we did a pretty good job, uh, for first timers. Uh, I've got, and I have to also say this, we became extremely connected to both Nathan and Gus's journey moving forward from leaving Midland. Mm-hmm. Um, it was easy to follow Nathan uh, because he wrote an incredible blog. He kept it up daily. And his final descent, he said he finished on the Jersey Shore. The video of him going with hands, no hands, carrying a champagne glass down the bridge as he's heading in still frightens me to this day every time I see it. But like Gus was <laughs> saying about her adventure across Canada, uh, uh, we were both concerned, but Kathy took that to heart. She said, you will tell me. You will tell me when you get across the bridge, and you will tell me when you get to Buffalo, and you better check in, young lady. And so, uh, so we really got invested in, in the success of these two riders. I love it. That is a beautiful share. Matt, how long was Nathan and Gus with you individually? Less than 14 hours. Yeah, wild. So, okay, Nathan, tell us about your blog. So I started my own crazy guy blog. Um, I was just a fan of the site for so long and I only became aware of it because I had been a warm showers host many years ago before I ever uh, was able to take touring seriously. I was able to do, you know, what I called biking camps where I would just, you know, work five days a week, wake up on Saturday morning, bike out, tent, come back. That was the extent of my touring. So I was able to substitute some of my itchy foot syndrome by host. Washington, D.C., where I live. And I, the first cyclist I ever hosted was a guy named Daniel. And Daniel was doing a cross-country tour from west to east, and he was doing a crazy guy journal. And he sent me the link in his warm showers message to me saying, hey, I'm not a crazy axe murderer. Here's a blog that you can verify my humanity with, basically. Hmm. And I just learned about the way, and I just fell head over heels for it. So I decided to do a crazy guy journal uh, to chronicle my own adventure kind of through my eyes. Partly this was to, you know, have my own recordings of, of my adventure to place to post my pictures and um, think about my musings, but also it was a way to share my experience with uh, family members who I knew had never been to this parts of uh, the country before, um, chiefly my grandmother, who is, you know, just a wonderful grandmother of the year recipient, um, would wake up and read the article that I posted first thing in the morning and then would read it three or four times during the day. So it was a way that I was able to share my experience with others, given that I was doing it solo. Um, And that just really warmed my heart that I could kind of bring people along with me. And I just found the crazy guy format to be the best modicum of doing that. And I I just drew a lot of inspiration out of reading others as well and wanted to, to give back that way. Which you're also doing now. You're also <laughs> giving back and sharing now, which is amazing. And we will put the link to your blog in the show notes so people can go read your adventure. Uh, how long were you gone in total, Nathan? 
I had 63, 64 days uh, okay. of biking. And okay. uh, I kind of set off with no plan. I mean, I knew I wanted to Jersey Shore, but I had a job starting back in New Jersey, teaching at the university I had just graduated from. And the semester started on September 5th. So I said, you know what? Mostly I just want an adventure to, to take place this summer. And, and this is my goal. This is what I'm driving towards. Um, I want to be flexible. I want to be amendable. But let's see what happens. And then the way it kind of fell was that I was just so invested and so eager to do it that I finished kind of two and a half weeks before uh, I needed to be back for the semester to start teaching. So it ended up being 63 days, several more entries than that on the blog for um, developed film that I, I curated on the trip and just dedicated some some posts to that, some different musings, but uh, overall about 63, 64 days. Mm, I love it. Today's episode is brought to you by BikeFlights.com, the leading bicycle shipping service and bike box supplier for cyclists. You'll enjoy low costs, excellent service, and on-time delivery with every shipment, and you get preferred handling for your high-value bikes, wheels, and gear. As a brand built around a love for the outdoors, they are committed to reducing environmental impact, and every Bike Flights shipment is carbon neutral. Join the nearly 1 million cyclists who have used bike flights to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009 and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track all of your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today for more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. So Gus, tell us about your experience with Matt and Kathy. How was that? It was so lovely. <laughs> like I said before, um, I was feeling kind of stressed earlier that day having to get my COVID test because I was never sure. You can never know if it's going to get back in time. Um, but I got on my bike and I think I had like 30 miles between where I had taken my test and then to Matt and Kathy's house. And I really just wanted to get there. Um, and I, I pull up and like the garage doors open, they're working on bikes and they're like incredibly welcoming and and like Matt said just really accommodating to whatever our needs were um and then we I think we went we got driven to the grocery store which was really lovely um we went grocery shopping and we had like a huge we had a huge feast of like Indian food that night and we had a really lovely conversation um just about biking and about life and yeah it was it was really wonderful and in the morning we had a beautiful breakfast. They're just incredible hosts. And I even forgot an article of clothing at their house and they sent it to me. I forgot about that. Which was really, really sweet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was really sweet. Nice. nice. Yeah. Um, and, and Gus, are, do you and Nathan stay in touch since you cross paths at Matt and Kathy's? Um, not too much. I definitely kept up with Nathan's blog because it's, it's always fun when you meet people to be able to mm -hmm. keep up with them, but I wouldn't say we've, we've kept too much in touch. And have, did you chronicle your journey in some way? Yeah, I kept a journal just for myself. Um, and I took a lot of pictures that I'd send to my family. Yeah, we know that our families, you know, they provide that anchoring for us when, you know, when we are on the road for a long period of time. And having a blog makes it easy because you're like posting at one place and everybody gets to go to it. Whereas for you, Gus, you like individually needed to reach out and let, <laughs> let everybody know, here's where I am. I'm okay. I'm yeah. going into Canada. <laughs> I'm coming back to the States now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's also nice, like, 
meeting people like Matt and Kathy along the way, it makes you like you're a part of their family for mm-hmm. 24 hours or however long it is, um, which is really nice because at a certain point you do start to miss your family and, and miss like having that home feeling. And it's really nice when people do open up their doors and you feel like just this like automatic sense of comfort and welcome. And you've all created this connection that is going to live on, you know, far beyond just that one 14 hour period of time, because here we are, (laughs) right? Here Mm -hmm. we are, January of 2022, and we are celebrating this beautiful connection that was made. Yes, Matt. I I would like to share, though. um, So we we did one thing we learned from the hosting experience um, is that we did not take enough pictures. Uh, and, and we wouldn't force taking pictures on a, on a, on a rider if they didn't want to. But uh, we, we really very much connected with both these uh, folks. And, and we realized we didn't take enough pictures. But I, I do have to tell you one of the pictures that my wife Kathy has up in her office, because uh, we've all been working from home now for two years, um, is a picture of her and Gus just as Gus is about ready to launch uh, from the house. And I have to say that, Nathan, we have no pictures of you. <laughs> So I guess Gus is the favored child. I'm just saying. Nathan, you, you need to go back, Nathan. That's it. You're no going to need to plan another tour. Matt does have a picture of me, but he has wiped it out of his memory as I have because it's so embarrassing of my tan lines. Oh, I, no. I did, I did my whole cross-country tour in Chaco sandals with caged pedals. And oh. anybody that has worn Chacos knows that after a certain amount of time, you get the Chaco tan. And uh, Matt had taken a picture of uh, Gus and I, uh, the, like the night before we were kind of getting our paneers loaded and everything. And I, I wasn't wearing my sandals so you could see my tan line. And Matt posted this picture. He told me later, you, you posted it to the, I guess, the like a Michigan riding group yep. or something. And then you sent me screenshots of everybody's comments just raking me across the coals and in like an endearing way. <laughs> but like it was one of those, I have been in your footsteps before, like I know like how you have acquired, I know the sandal tan line. Exactly. (laughs) That's really, that's super funny. And, and Matt, that's a really good point. Um, I, you'll hear an interview come out with Ken Francis uh, soon. He has been a longtime user of warm showers. He's been on the board of directors. He's a host on the Pacific coast highway lives in long beach. And he has these massive scrapbooks where he, every rider does take a picture with his warm shower sign. He tracks it. He puts it in photo albums and he sent me pictures and he's like, he has 260, he's had 268 guests and there is like so many pictures. So that is a really good reminder to you to all of us to take pictures take more pictures yeah so matt i want to ask you when are you going to tour again what's what's on the the agenda well for 2022 i've got two in the works right now one will be a self as long as we can keep the canadian border open i i grew up in michigan um and i'm in my mid-50s so going to cross the border into canada is is we did that more like it was nothing. We, you know, we traveled mm-hmm. more to Canada than we traveled to any U.S. states when I was growing up. Um, and I love it. We love it so much. And so my one tour that we're probably going to do in May is a, a solo tour uh, around Lake Huron. So mm-hmm. following some of the route up the Lake Huron side across the bridge that both Nathan and Gus talked about, but then going across at Sault Ste. Marie, working our way through the Canadian Shield, coming across at Port Huron, which is also where Gus crossed into to Canada and then mm. working our way up. So that'll be, that's going to be the, my tour. And then 
uh, in, and I've already started scoping out warm shower hosts to stay at. There's a, actually a, a lot of them dotted all over the wilderness in Canada. And Good. the next one, the other one for me is uh, I do a charity ride every September. I do it for distance. Um, and I'm going to do the Erie Canal Pathway. Mm, so nice. I'm launching at Buffalo and ending up in Albany. Nice. I have a, a, a certain part of my family is from Michigan and I spent 14 years in Toronto. So I've been, I've driven all that area back and forth many times. It is nice. And the ride around Lake Huron will be absolutely spectacular. So that's, Wonderful. that's what's going on with me. So, and I would, I would say the one thing I've gotten from the hosting experience and also the smaller tours I've done is a lot of times when you think of being a warm showers host, uh, you think of the people doing the transcontinental ride or the ride around the world. Um, and there's a lot of folks I know right here in, in Michigan and Ohio and Wisconsin that they just ride a couple days across their state and they're looking to stay at, with warm showers hosts. Um, mm-hmm. It does not have to be the super long lengthy tour to be part of this community. So let me ask you, Matt, since you, you've just recently started hosting and you've had these, you know, these wonderful experiences and you've stayed with other Warm Showers hosts, give a couple of tips for other hosts that may not have hosted yet. Maybe they've only toured and they haven't opened their doors. What would you suggest they need to know to get started? Well, I think it's just the first step is to take the first step and decide that you, you're willing to open up your home. Um, you don't, uh, we are very blessed to have a spot where we can, we have a guest room available and, and, and laundry, but you, I've stayed with people that have just a really nice spot out the backyard to, to, uh, put up a tent, you know, and you don't have to have an elaborate setup to host folks. Uh, we have a friend here that lives in Midland that has a screened in porch and he's had people stay with him that have said that was one of the nicest places to stay where they could still be sleeping outside but they didn't have to put up their tent first. Mm. Um, so I, I think the biggest step is just, is just to start and, and then adapt as, as you go along. I stayed with a wonderful family, um, uh, Chip and Paul, uh, who have a home just outside of Mount Vernon, Ohio. I did the Otet Trail in September this year. And uh, they are wonderful, absolutely wonderful folks. And they have big outdoor space. And we just hung out like we'd within an hour we felt like we'd known each other 15 years. So mm. I just say, just start, go for it. Just start. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good advice. Thank you for sharing. And Nathan, what's, what's next for you? Are you going to tour again? How, you know, how are things? Give us some, some information on what's coming up. Yeah. So I look forward to my next tour. I, I know that, uh, well, now that I've graduated with my master's degree and I've had the summer off to kind of pursue that cross country tour, and now that I've gotten to the quote unquote working world, I've just realized how hard it is to mm. really find the time. And that's why you mostly just find retirees and students uh, out on the back roads of this mm-hmm. country. And it's great. I'm at the moment kind of scratching my head for the next chance to really do something long enough substance. But in the meantime, I'm thinking about the gap and the CNO from Pittsburgh to DC because um, it's kind of close to where I'm currently living in Philadelphia. Um, but I'll tell you the the tour that kind of sparked it all was the tour of the Rhine River, starting in Switzerland and ending at the mouth to the North Sea. I did an exchange here in Germany during college, and I lived on the Rhine River. And that's where I first met people who, like, carried bags on their bicycles. 
And I would go up to these German men with big mustaches and ask them like, what are you doing? And they said, oh, I'm just like connecting the rivers of Central Europe until I get to the North Sea. And I was like, that's crazy. And over time, I just biked a lot of the Rhine River. And I just thought, man, one day would be great to go back, start in Switzerland in the Alps, and then bike through Switzerland, Germany, France, and then the Netherlands. So I'm wondering if I can do it this coming summer, but I don't have any plans that are concrete right now. Well, make sure that you keep us posted when you do so we can go along that journey with you. Sure thing. And Gus, what, what, what's coming for you? What are the plans and any tours in the future? Uh, I don't have any planned tours in the future. I have a couple that have been floating around in my head. Um, but I was thinking about potentially working as a bike tour guide this summer. So hopefully mm. lots of tours in my future. Because you started, you actually started your cycling passion with a, a bike tour group. Is that correct? No, I didn't. Um, I, oh. well, sort of. Um, I had a friend who worked for a bike tour group and she was telling yes, me, okay. yes, yeah. And she yeah. was telling me about, um, about a summer that she had led a group of kids biking from Seattle to San Francisco. And I decided, I was like, wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. And it definitely sounds like something I can do. I love biking, biking and camping sounds wonderful. I'll give it a go. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess it would come Amazing. full circle. <laughs> Amazing. So now yeah. you may lead a tour. Yeah, I would love to. I think it would be a lot of fun. Well, this has been incredible. I'm so grateful that you all took the time to share. Is there anything else that you want to share about your experience with those that are listening, especially knowing now that there are a lot of people that can't tour and they are living vicariously through these amazing stories that you're sharing? Is there anything that you would like to add for our you know, 200,000 users around the world who may not be able to tour right now? I'll start with you, Gus. Um, I think get out there if you can, even if it's just like a small local tour, go out for 15, 20 miles and camp in a park somewhere and then go back home. If you can go out for longer, definitely go out for longer. It's like the best thing ever. It's life changing. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Nathan. Yeah. I, I'm kind of talking to the, uh, the, literature of bike touring and if you're kind of confined to your home and you're not able to get out right now um i think it's very fun to vicariously live through others who have done it in the past or are, are doing it currently and to offer them feedback i know my method of the journaling on crazy guy people were able to write in my guest book which was kind of a give and take method of communication with strangers and i just drew so much from having random people tell me that they were getting a lot out of following, following my journey. And so maybe if you're not able to tour right now, you can be that voice of support for somebody who is touring and might be anonymous, but it is going to put a lot of energy in some zesty rider right now. And then mm. you're kind of paying it forward until you can do your tour. That's an amazing idea. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. I think it's important right now that as the cycling community continues to evolve in touring, as like Nathan was saying, um, it's important that when we're not riding, we can still be working toward more advocacy for riding, especially mm -hmm. trails. I know that most of my touring now uh, gets uh, put around trail networks where it's just a little safer to, to ride and I feel more comfortable uh, doing long sections on trails. Um, and 
there's, you know, like we have, we have a great trail here. We have tons of trails in Michigan, the, the national trails coming together. Um, when we're not spinning, we should be out there raising our voices and, and supporting uh, the development of further trail networks. Because the more we move, the more we live. Yeah. That's all so spectacular. Really good advice and feedback and information. Thank you all so much. This has been so fun. It's good to see everybody on the same screen. I know we were saying <laughs> earlier that uh, we don't keep in touch all that much, but it, it's kind of an interesting sensation to be brought back to our time together in August. I feel like I need to hop off and let y'all have a reunion. <laughs> I think y'all need to have your own reunion. That <laughs> yeah. yeah, wouldn't be special unless Kathy was on the phone with us. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you guys can, you guys should schedule some time to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you all again. Thank you very much. We will put your social media handles and Nathan's blog in the show notes. And for those that are listening, thank you for tuning in and being a part of our community. Thank you for supporting us and hearing the great stories and supporting the great stories of our amazing users. And if you loved the show, please share it. Sharing is caring. And of course, your ratings and reviews always make a big difference. But truly, the best way that we can encourage more people to get on bicycles is to share the show the opportunity to listen and learn and experience this amazing way of moving our bodies and experiencing nature and traveling through the world by bicycle. So thanks for listening and we'll be back. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. This episode of Bike Life Podcast was brought to you by BikeFlights.com, your source for the best bicycle shipping service and bike shipping boxes. Check out their boxes from the small to the large, which is suited for any type of bicycle, whether it's a children's bike, medium-sized bike, fully assembled bike, e-bike, and any other type of gear that you have. Go to BikeFlights.com forward slash warm showers in order to check out the boxes and book your next shipment. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warmshowers.org.